听 Grandeur YYFM. You're listening to YYFM. It's time for tales around the teapot, just for you. That bright September day, written by Jenny Lewis and narrated by Rianne Wen Mills. It was a cracking morning, that bright September day, the day that changed my life. Well, all our lives, to be honest with you. We should have gone straight to the airport, but we didn't. That's die for you, wanting to squeeze every last drop of fun out of his stag weekend. Funny how a snap decision like that can change everything. Well, not funny, really. That's the wrong word for something so horrendous. I'm tired, he muttered. So, so tired. He looked it. His face was sunken. Deep lines cutting through the ashen cheeks. Eyes, black beads, fringed with white lashes and a ghost-like face. Or what I could see of it through the muck that was caked on it. Don't you give up on me now, Davy boy, I urged. My voice cracking, dry as dust. Keep awake. Keep talking to me, Bet. Talk to me about Bethan, waiting for you back home and that baby that'll be here before you know it. I just want to sleep, Matt, to get away from all this. I know, man, I know, but we have to stay awake. What if we're asleep when they come looking for us? We need to make noise to let them know we're here. How long we been down here now? His voice was barely above a whisper. I don't know. I'll have a look now. I wished I could see my watch in the near darkness of the air pocket we were in. Not that I could move me arm to see it, mind. Even if it was broad daylight, being as it was under a slab of concrete. We dumped our bags by the lift and God knows what had happened to our mobiles. They would have been real handy now. I wouldn't tell Di that anyway, poor Dab. He had enough on his plate. It's five to six, I lied. If that was true, on a normal day, everyone would be pouring out of the lobby to get home for tea or taking the lift all the way down to the underground. But it wasn't a normal day, was it? Di was in a bad way, I knew that. His pelvis would have been crushed with those concrete stairs bearing down on him. God knows what would happen to him if anyone could lift that weight off. Probably bleed to death in seconds. As for me, 
I was relatively unscathed, though my arm was pinned down and I couldn't move. Must be dark outside by now, I thought. Not much hope of rescue till daylight. Not much hope anyway, to tell you the truth. What the hell were we doing at the World Trade Centre anyway? Just a bunch of rugby club lads from the valleys in New York for a long weekend for Dye's Stag do. Dye's idea, of course, to get to the top of the South Tower to see the view before making our way to the airport. Up pretty early to get there, mind. Amazing after all we'd had to drink last night. We'd seen the view all right, from the observation deck on the 110th floor. Bright sunny September morning, with the clearest blue sky you ever did see. We don't often have them like that in Wales. We could see for miles up there, all of the harbour and the Statue of Liberty. Looking north, you could see the Hudson River, snaking away from the city and all of Manhattan, like towers made out of bloody Lego bricks they were. We could see some smoke rising over the North Tower, and someone said there was a fire in that building. A light aircraft had crashed into it, they said. Thank God we chose this tower then, Di said. Then, back down in these fancy lifts that are supposed to be the envy of the world. We were in the express elevator that went down from the 78th floor when there was this incredible noise, like an explosion high above us. Never heard anything like it in my life. So loud it was. The whole building felt like it was shaking. And the lift comes to a juddering halt, just short of the 19th floor. What the hell was that? someone shouted. The elevator went dark. Crammed in there we was, twelve of us lads and several others, Barely room to move. Kept trying the emergency phone like, but no answer. Stayed like that for ages, we did. The air getting more and more foul as our body heat was rising. Pressed together like bloody sardines. Someone had the bright idea of opening the hatch in the ceiling. And we all helped to lift Di up through it. He came back down pretty sharpish, minds, saying the elevator shaft was full of smoke and dripping liquid flames. And he could hear screams and the thudding sound of footsteps hurrying down the stairs, right next door to us. Bloody hell, that was when the panic set in, all right. Yelled and yelled for help, we did, but no one came. Tempers flaring in the elevator and a pregnant woman fainted, what with us pummeling frantically on the doors like. 
seemed forever till we heard a voice calling. A firefighter it was, telling us he was going to get us out of there. No worries, man. Said someone would need to climb onto the roof of the elevator to release the mechanism locking the doors. Di was up there, quick as a flash, never mind the flames raining down on him. The lift doors swished open and hot, burning air blew in. Our saviour, that fireman, managed to prise open the outer doors using an axe and crowbar, just wide enough for us to squeeze through and jump down to his floor a couple of feet down. We must have had plenty of alcohol still in our systems because we all hugged that fireman together and nearly throttled him. Lovely bloke he was. Saw his picture in Time magazine later. He said he never made it out, poor Dab. So we joined the hundreds of people making their way down the stairs, stepping aside to let the firefighters pass that were climbing upwards to help people, like salmon swimming upstream, with such heavy packs on their backs. Unbelievable. Don't suppose they made it either, poor bastards. Down to about the ninth or tenth floor, we was when the rumble started. Very low pitched, then this incredible roaring and shaking, and dust and debris, and then it hits us. This hot rush of air knocking us off our feet and searing the lungs. No time to shout or scream. Air sucked out of us and clothes ripped off our backs. Then we was falling over and over. Everything churned up. Bodies flailing, swirling. Round and round like them pieces of paper you see in the TV footage. Something slammed into us, crushing down and down and down. God, the noise. Silence. Just the soft sound of dust settling. Like snow when it's coming down and muffling all sound like. Can silence be deafening? Seemed that way to me. Somehow I finds a way to croak. You there, man? Die? Steve? Nick? No answer. Not for a long, long time. Every so often I'd call again, all their names. Nothing. All alone I was. Entombed, buried alive. And scared as hell, I can tell you. Then Di's voice. God, how I loved that sweet voice in that moment. Matt, that you? I would have kissed him if I could have moved. Yeah, you okay, Di? Aye, just something really heavy on me middle and I can't feel me legs. Me too, but it's only me arm. Can't move. Give us a wave if you can, but 
so I know where you are like. I could just make him out not six foot away, as the falling dust was thinning. Looked like one of them clowns he did, all white faces with just eyes showing, and red turn downturned mouths. Only it wasn't makeup with dye. At least we're together, man. I'd hate to be alone in this. That was hours and hours ago. He'd gone quiet now, Di had, in spite of me coaxing. Let the poor beggar sleep, I thought. Better for him that way. Better anyway to keep your eyes shut, what with me tears washing away the grit as they rolled down me face, big wuss that I was. Shock wearing off now, and the pain setting in. You know, after you've been stretched off the rugby field, when the paramedic asks you, how bad is the pain on a scale of one to five? Well, this was a bloody ten, I can tell you. Stay awake now, Matt boy. Think about anything but the pain. See if you can kick that pipe to make some noise. Okay. What year was it? Wales won the Grand Slam that me dad never stopped going on about. 1976. Year I was born. Saw the film I did later on. Bloody hilarious. But they had to change the end when Wales lost to France that year. Dies my hero. Die who had his first cap for Wales in 94. Youngest player in the team he was. And they only went and won the bloody Grand Slam that year, didn't they? He's hoping to be capped again this year. Don't suppose he will be now. Me, I was drifting, dreaming, waking, drifting. Again on this tide of pain. Don't know how long. Suddenly there was this light above me. Like a tunnel it was, of the most fantastic white light. I was wanting to go towards it. But my arm was stuck. Oh boy, did I want to go to that light. All me mates there already calling me. Then this angel's arms come, lifting me like, oh bliss, to just melt into that salvation me nan was always on about. A voice came, a kind voice. Take a sip of water, son. American accent. Who'd have thought angels had American accents? That's it. We'll soon get you cleaned up and that arm fixed, son. He was a big fella for an angel, wearing a helmet and, and a big thick moustache, all caked in white. Next thing I knew, I was in a hospital, a cracking-looking nurse at me side. Water, I murmured. I went to reach for the glass. But me arm wasn't there. Funny that like. So she put the glass to me lips. Well, that water, let me tell you, that cool, fresh water was better than a dozen pints of brains dark after a match. 
Adam's Ale, they'd call it. And now I knows why. I was the only one of the stags to make it out that day. They got die out, but he was a goner by then. They never found the others, poor dabs. Their names is on the memorial at Ground Zero. That's all that's left of them. Di's pregnant bride-to-be never made it to the altar. Not with Di, anyhow. She married me instead, just after we went to Ground Zero for the 10th anniversary. That's the first time I could go back there, mind, or even talk about it. The nightmares were enough on their own. Never mind the daytime flashbacks. Stood there and cried like a baby I did, reading up the names of me mates. Bethan, she says she feels Di was with us and he'd be happy for us like. And he lives on in his boy, Di Bach, the spit of his dad and already showing great promise on the rugby field. He wants to play for Wales like his dad. He might win another Grand Slam one of these days, you never know. Mind you, you never do know what's going to happen next. Like us carefree stags, that bright September day in Manhattan, New York. Diolch am rando i YYFM am fwy o gynnwys fel hyn i ddilyn i ar-lein ac i ar-lein i wybod beth offech chi gwybod nesaf, ewch chi it's yyfm.com. Thanks for listening to YYFM. For more content like this, to follow us online and to tell us what you want to hear more of, visit itsyyfm.com.